Today, I'm reading an adult story for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, you can skip this one, and there'll be a new story for you next time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is A Very Fucking Christmas by Pascal Farfel, who is a writer, musician, fursuiter, and photographer. Most of his writing is currently unpublished, though can be found on his Fur Affinity and So Furry pages. Today's story will be read for you by B.P. Rugger, the ineffable Moo Moon. Please enjoy A Very Fucking Christmas by Pascal Farfel, read for you by B.P. Rugger. Fuck. What's up? Got whammed already. Harvey grumbled looking up at the PA system in the shop. Phone clutched in one hand. Last longer than last year, Sam replied. That was what, five hours? Yep, that's what you get for working a retail shift, the mouse mumbled. Hey, look, I've got the tablecloth. It's gaudy as shit, but I'll pick up some lunch on the way round. December. Christmas season. The lack of snow, the deals, the same five songs played over and over and over and over and over again on the radio. The holiday circus had begun. Sam and Harvey's second Christmas together since their marriage had been augmented by a vast dining table that Sam had spent the day trying to navigate into place in their small house. What do you think? Sam grinned as Harvey walked into the room, tablecloth clutched under his arm, a bag of takeaway in the other. The mouse eyed the large piece of furniture, big enough to seat a half dozen or more people. Oak, or something similar. Yeah, it's big, the mouse said, placing the bag down and unfolding the tablecloth, the squirrel helping him drape it over the thing. Just wait till you see the chairs. They're coming tomorrow, right? Yeah, they didn't have enough room in the van for both. The squirrel mumbled, pulling one of the burbers on from the bag. It's the only inheritance of getting, so I'm making the most of it. Those words hung in the air for a while, interrupted only by the pear eating. So which end do you want? Sam asked with a grin. You thinking we sit at each end? Yeah, I'll get us some megaphones so we can speak to each other. The squirrel grinned. Or a couple walkie-talkies. You should have said they had some cheap ones in the bargain bin, Harvey muttered, stepping around to the end closest to the window. Silence hung in the room for a while, both men staring at the large wooden table, cloth now spread across it. Look, if it's going to get in the way, I'm happy to sell it. It doesn't exactly have sentimental quality, Sam began. No, it's not that. It's more that, uh... Harvey put his paws on the table and grunted. It's just going to be me and you this year, ain't it? My folks haven't exactly been ringing our phone off the hook to come speak to me again, you know? The mouse grumbled. Last year it was cute. Me and you huddled around the TV, eating flapjacks and watching old VHS tapes. But now we have this table. I can't help but feel like that gulf where our family would go is getting bigger. The squirrel nodded, drumming his fingers. Are you thinking you want to, like, adopt or something? Harvey shook his head. Not like that. I'm thinking more like, get our friends together and do our own Christmas thing he said, looking back up at his husband. I mean, if we're not going to have family here, we could at least have friends, you know? Sam nodded. 
Well, I suspect most folks will have something planned, but I guess we could ask around, the squirrel said. You know anyone who might be up for it? I mean, I could ask around in the office, I suppose, the mouse grunted. I do know a bunch of folk who I'd much rather be around, but they're probably not traditional Christmas dinner kind of folk. The squirrel snorted and waved his paw. Non-traditional sounds like just what I'd want, he said. The kind of thing that make my folks wish they had never given us this thing. Harvey nodded. I'll ask Richie and Jack and see if anyone from the King Club wants in. Sounds fun. I know some raunchy folk at the gym. They might be up for it too, Sam suggested. Anyone else? I can only think of two other people to ask, Harvey said. Go on. Well, I do happen to know a dominatrix and her pup. Sam gave a smirk. Every good Hallmark Christmas story has a cute puppy in it. Yes, he's very well trained. She's an excellent owner. The squirrel mulled over the idea. Bet I can bag us a cheap doggy bowl or two. Give them an ask. See what they reckon. Richie was a fox who, along with his husband, a crocodile named Jack, owned a queer tattoo and piercings parlor downtown. Richie had known Harvey since they were kids, separated by the time it came to university, though they bumped into each other again a few years back. The mouse made the long walk down towards the kink club that morning. The cold of winter had finally hit, and Harvey had brought out his woolen coat to help him keep warm. It was an out-of-the-way spot, off the high street. The frontage was a long, somewhat shallow building, with assorted pride flags draped lovingly from the roofline flyers for queer events and other things on the walls. The glass was tinted heavily, hiding the secrets within. With a deep breath, the mouse walked up to the door. Small check with a bouncer over his ID, and he was inside. The club was small, lined with leather and wood, rather quiet and calm for what its function would imply, though perhaps it was a product of it being an early morning in the middle of winter. Sat at a small table to the side, Harvey approached his first potential guess. Hey, Harvey, the fox cried, climbing up from his seat and pulling the mouse into a large hug. Richie's body, covered all over with flowing tattoos and uncountable number of piercings, snuggled warm and comfy against the mouse's iron shirt and slacks. The fox wore little, even in winter. Comfy trainers, tall, brightly colored jock socks, jock strap, and some rubber gloves. His slender figure bore all the hallmarks of lean, mean, rough, and aggressive living, but did little to mask the true honey-hearted nature of the friendly fox. He was living his best life, a fact that made Harvey twitch with jealousy. What day you feeling today, Sam? Ah, uh, arms, I think? Sam pulled on his shorts in the changing room. A wolf sat opposite. The wolf, named Vincent was a bulky guy, gray and white fur with muscles aplenty. I think I spy an ab or two on your tummy there, squirrel, Vincent grinned. If you don't mind me saying so. Oh, shucks, Sam chuckled, pulling on a tank. There's, uh, a lot more on you than me. The wolf gave a chuckle. Keep saying things like that and I'll have to work out in just my jock. He laughed, pulling on a warm basketball jersey and some matching long shorts. Don't know if Harvey would like me working out with a man in his underwear, Sam smirked. Not unless I invited him too, of course. A raccoon, Jan, met the pair as they walked out of the lockers and onto the floor of the gym itself. 
They had a more slender, but still somewhat muscular physique. A pair of black and white striped shorts, a fair bit shorter than the wolf's. Still trying to win Jack back, I take it? Jan teased at the wolf. Vincent gulped, blushed, and stayed otherwise silent. How are ya? Richie asked the mouse, but didn't let him answer. Jack saw them unloading something for your place from a moving truck. Got yourself something nice? Fox babbled, grinning wide and leading the mouse over to their small table. Sat there already was Jack, a big crocodile, equally pierced up as compared to his spouse, clad in some tight black rubber shorts. Hey, mousy, great to see you again. How's the table? He asked, the fox sitting up close with him. Harvey gulped, sitting uncomfortably on the stool and looking over the pair. Yeah, Richie said you'd seen it. Honestly, that's kind of why I stopped by, he started. I don't think we'd be able to fit it in the shop, eh, babe? The croc grinned at his fox. Oh, shh. Maybe he just wants you to model on it so he can sell it. The fox cackled playfully. Well, me and Jack go back a little ways, Vincent grunted, lying back on the bench. He was my gym partner for a few years. Gorgeous, hunky, playful, sweet, the wolf reminisced. I had spent years drooling over him and trying to work out how I was going to ask him out and how we'd be together, but... He sighed, easing the bar back up onto the bench and standing, allowing Jan to lay down and take their turn. Just as I'd got the courage up to ask him, he said he'd just got with Richie. The wolf sighed. Have you met the fox? Sam asked. Been in a room with him. Never actually talked to the guy. But he's got a lot going for him. Energetic, headstrong, raunchy, kinky as hell. The wolf sighed. I totally see why Jack got with Richie and why Richie got with Jack. The raccoon sat up and stared uneasily at Vincent. You're not actually trying to win him back, are you? Well, uh, not exactly, no, Harvey continued. We've been given this thing by Sam's family as part of their will. It's the only thing they wanted to give us, it and its chairs. It didn't fit in his brother's house, so they fobbed it off on him so it wouldn't be so obvious who the loved one in the family was, Harvey grumbled. The tone soured at Todd, Jack and Richie's bubbly chattering falling silent meeting each other's gaze, then giving a knowing nod to the mouse. So, we're stuck with this giant table over Christmas, and my folks, while not dead, ain't exactly interested in coming over for the holidays, the mouse continued. So, me and Sam figured we'd ask our friends if they wanted to join us. Hence, here I am, he said. Who have you got lined up? the crocodile asked. Sam's got a few friends at the gym he's going to ask. Otherwise, it's just myself and you two. Might ask Angela and Rover. So, Richie and uh, Jack are going? Vincent asked. Yeah, most likely. Can't say for certain, but from what I heard from yourself and Harvey, it seems like they're kind of evening, Sam suggested. The wolf nodded and averted his gaze to ponder. 
you and Jack are still on good terms, right? The raccoon asked. Yeah, I think so. Haven't spoken to Jack in a while. Although I spend a lot of time in here, I tend to leave just before he turns up, so I don't have a t chance telling him how I feel. Within moments, Harvey was stood before Angela, a tall vixen in a latex corset, stood imposingly before him with an iron stare. Sam knows you're here? She asked, clearly but firmly. Yes, but I'm not here for any, uh, activity, the mouse clarified. The fox's body language softened. All right, what's up? I have a question for yourself and Rover. Rover promptly bounded into the room, a male coyote in a pup hood, bearing a big happy smile and his paws encased in plush rubber mitts crawling with merriment across the laminated floor and beaming up at his mistress, and, indeed, the mouse. He gave a hearty ruff and grinned up at the pair. Angela looked over at Rover and uttered a simple non-sequitur. Milk float, she said, clear as day. The coyote gave a clear nod and moved to stand up, on two feet, the illusion broken as he stood tall alongside Angela. Hello, Harvey. You well? he asked calmly. I'm getting there. Been an odd week, the mouse replied. He gestured the pair over to the booth where Jack and Richie were sat, and explained the table to the vixen and coyote. The mouse looked around and leaned in closer. We're doing our damnness to avoid anything traditional he said, giving air quotes. So we thought we'd make it a kinky kind of party. Ooh, a festive orgy, Richie grinned. Not an orgy, uh, per se, the mouse blushed. Just something that'd boil the blood of the homeowners association. The rest of your guests are aware of how kinky it might be? Angela asked. Correct. It was sold as a, uh, Fetishy informal Christmas dinner, Harvey said, a sentence which, when thought about in such terms, gave him very cold feet indeed. So it's like dress up in fetish wear, have dinner, giggle at dildos, that kind of thing? Jan inquired. Broadly, yes, that's the idea, Sam explained. I think one of Harvey's friends is into pup place. You may have a friendly kinkster asking for pets. The raccoon smirked. Oh, I think I can pet a doggo or two. The fox and croc looked at each other again. We're having a family get-together of our own on Boxing Day, but Christmas Day itself, I don't think we're doing anything at all, Richie suggested, looking up at Jack, wrapping an arm around his. I don't think so. I'd think it'd be a gay old time, the croc grinned. Count us in. What would you like, Paul? Angela asked the coyote. He nodded. If I can be Rover, I'd like it. The vixen nodded, silently considering her options. Harvey, this is an utterly ridiculous, absurd, and bizarre idea. I have no choice but to say I'm in 100%. A kinky Christmas party is, uh... Definitely something I didn't know was possible, but now I know it is. I have to be able to say I've done one, Jan reasoned. Fuck, I'm in, they smirked.
Sam nodded and turned to look at Vincent, who had remained quiet, arms folded for a while, mulling it over. What do you think? Vincent took a deep breath, then nodded. All right, I'll come. With the discussions complete, Sam and Harvey reconvened back at the house. The large table was now complete with chairs, eight of them, surrounding the piece, one at each end and two rows of three either side. The pair sat at the table with a coffee each, going over the plan. Turns out Vincent's got feelings for Jack, so, uh, if we're lucky, this party will turn into an orgy. If we're unlucky, it'll be a punch-up, Sam explained. Plastic and paper crockery, got it, Harvey explained, making a list in a notepad, checking it once at a push. I'm thinking we should give a decent consideration to decorations. You got anything in mind? Big lights, dead tree, bits of planet-killing plastic? Ooh, the squirrel perked up. Avoid anything with Christmas written on it, only get stuff with Happy Holidays. Anything that'll make the chairman of the Homeowners Association lose their shit is worth doing. Gotcha, the most confirmed. What's next, then? Well, what are we going to use for the Christmas meal? There was a long pause. Can you cook? Sam asked. Like, cook, cook, you know? Uh, I've made, like... Ready meals before? The mouse shrugged. That's not going to cut it, is it? The pair stared at each other. I'll go buy decorations. You learn how to cook, Harvey suggested, picking up the list. It's 999 for the fire department, right? Sam asked. By the end of the day, a large amount of happy holidays... Bunting had been strewn across the front of the house and around the inside, made with the cheapest plastic that money could buy. A tiny plastic tree had been placed in the center of the table, plugged into the wall at the side. Sam had read the manual for the oven and had tried to put together some dishes he could have a go at making for the Christmas dinner. Turkey? I think that's going to be a bit beyond what I can do, the squirrel said. I think, realistically, we have two options. I buy us eight ready meals, or I just make a bucket load of pasta and stuff. Do you think they're going to expect a turkey? I think they're going to expect food poisoning, Sam grunted. But I was born of disappointment. Let's see if I can manifest the lack of salmonella. Christmas Day dawned. Sam and Harvey woke up at 9 a.m., in approximately three hours, two tattoo artists, two folks from Sam's local gym, a pup, and a dominatrix would arrive for Christmas lunch. Everyone had been allocated their table seat. Harvey at one end, Sam at the other. Richie and Jack down near Harvey, Angela opposite Paul, if he felt like he wanted a chair, and Vincent and Jan down near Sam at the window end. A selection of pronoun badges had been made available as well, along with a spot to change but only once everyone had arrived. Nervous? Sam asked. A little, Harvey smiled. Though, uh, to see you all dressed up in something skimpy wouldn't hurt. The pair chuckled to each other nervously as they awaited the first arrival. Jan and Vincent were the first to arrive, dressed in large coats. 
They brushed the snow off their shoulders and sat down their bags. So, what have I gotten myself in for? The raccoon grinned. I'm happy to announce that the dominatrix and her pup are coming, Harvey explained. They grinned. Sounds like fun, the raccoon said, picking up a they-them badge from the table. I like doggos. Vincent continued to carry his nerves a tad. Worried about Jack and Richie? Harvey asked at last. The wolf jumped, then tried to cover with a chuckle. Oh, uh, yeah, kinda, he said. I'm just working out how to be in a sexy space with Jack and not, uh, make it awkward. That answer wasn't far off, as the fox and crocodile appeared at the doorway and were brought inside. They gave Harvey a hug each and placed down their bags, both dressed in the most amount of clothing that the house could ever remember seeing them in. Richie walked forth to introduce himself to Jan, while Vincent and Jack nervously greeted each other, the crocodile unprepared, the wolf only slightly more so. As bags were being set down, Sam managed to overhear Richie whisper to Jack, Oh, so that's that stud Vincent you were talking about. The squirrel pretended not to have done so. The final two guests, Angela and Paul, arrived in turn, and at last all eight participants had been gathered. I, uh, brought a whip in case anyone misbehaves, the vixen announced, though was met only with excited looks from the others in the room. Oh, great, you're going to make me regret saying that, aren't you? She grumbled. Okay, is everyone aware of what we're about to do? Everybody comfortable with what's about to happen this evening? Harvey asked. The six guests nodded. All right, in that case, I've got turkeys to cook and thongs to wear, Sam announced, departing for the kitchen while the rest got themselves changed. I thought you said we weren't going to do the turkey, Harvey asked, pulling on a pair of leather chaps as he watched the squirrel fumble with the oven. Yes, well, I found this tiny, cheapo turkey and thought, why not at least try, you know? Sam said, pushing the somewhat prepared bird into the oven then briskly shedding his clothes to reveal the shiny black thong he had on underneath. Do you think this would suit a crop top? The squirrel said, pointing to his lone garment. You do know how to cook that, right? Harvey replied, looking only at the oven. Yes, Sam said in a way that very clearly meant no. You know what? You're right. Too femme, this needs a harness. We're going to die, Harvey said calmly. It's not my fault they ran out of pasta and ready meals in the shop, the squirrel protested. With a leather harness added to the squirrel's body, a fishnet shirt on the mouse's, the two returned to the living room, spying Vincent in just his jockstrap, socks, and trainers like he threatened to do at the gym, standing alongside Jack in the latex shorts he'd been dressed in a few days back. The pair were chatting somewhat nervously to each other, though they seemed friendly. Angela and Jan had gathered together, the female fox in her imposing latex garb, and Jan in a fishnet bodysuit and a small skirt. The last two folks to appear in their outfits were Richie, appearing in a thong, knee-high boots, and shoulder-length gloves and an off-brown leather covered extensively in stubs, and, merrily bounding forth on all fours, Rover. Oh, wow! He's a cutie, 
Jan grinned, reaching out to pet the rubber mask coyote, who sat neatly and smiled. Let's, he barked eagerly. You know, I'm less worried now about the whole kinky outfit awkwardness thing, but a whole lot more worried about Salmonella, Harvey muttered. Relax, it's only a turkey. I can do this, the squirrel assured him before stepping forth towards the rest of the group. Have you all opened your presents at home? Sam asked. Not yet. I have one for you each and a pair for Jack, Richie explained. The mouse looked across the bag that the fox had brought along. Is it a dildo? Harvey asked bluntly. The fox put his paws on his hips. You're supposed to unwrap it first. The mouse pointed to a phallic-looking present. It's not exactly subtle. That's not yours. Oh. The octet sat around the table, and gift-giving was performed. Some mundane, some racy, some phallic, and some practical. Jack had noticed that Vincent hadn't been given anything from himself or Richie. Ah, uh, had I known you were coming, I'd have got you something, the crocodile assured him. It's fine. I wouldn't want to have made it uncomfortable for either of you. Jack nodded, smiling at the wolf. Why would it have? Well, I... I mean, you're married. Knowingly, the croc nodded and seemed ready to counterpoint, but he silently stumbled over his words and sacked back, tapping his hands on the table. Is that actually going to fit in someone's ass? Sam asked, looking at a rather long and girthy toy placed neatly next to the raccoon. As Angela was ready to deliver a Blade Runner-esque, I've-seen-things-you-wouldn't-believe speech, the male fox leaned over to Jan, who was watching Sam's bemusement at their new toy with great glee. You think we should give them a demonstration? Richie grinned. Yes. No! Sam barked firmly. We haven't even had dinner yet, he added, slightly pleadingly. The fox blew a raspberry at the squirrel. You're no fun, he teased with a grin. You know, nobody'd want to have an enema right after turkey, don't you? You don't think that's my entire plan? The squirrel smirked. Angela gave a proud grin. Some of us don't have that problem. Further discussion was interrupted by the sound and smell of a culinary catastrophe. Sam jogged into the kitchen pulled on his oven gloves and dragged the dish out of the oven and placed it on the counter. That doesn't smell like turkey, Jan said from behind the pair, the rest of the group following the smell and appearing in the doorway. It's food, Sam said triumphantly, stepping back and gesturing to the dish with a somewhat half-hearted, ta-da, motion. What is it? Angela asked, stepping closer. Food. Harvey repeated, though with less of the bigger. What? Rover grunted sarcastically. Quiet, you, the squirrel replied with a knowing, self-defeating chuckle. The rest approached the dish and began trying to discern its edibility. I was afraid people were going to feel uncomfortable with me feeding my husband out of a doggy bowl, but 
No, it was the food I should have been worried about. Angela smirked, resting an arm on Jack's shoulder. Rookie mistake, the crocodile replied, unable to take his eyes off the dish that the squirrel was attempting to serve. You didn't happen to bring some dog food, did you? Well, Rover doesn't, you know, eat real dog food. Like, I got some custard creams and some water, Angela said. If I put on a mask and went woof, you think I could, you know? The fox laughed. If I had enough biscuits for that, I think I'd have everyone in this place on a leash in 20 minutes flat. A small offcut of the turkey was placed on a plate, and Sam held it down to Rover's nose. Use your sniffers. Is this food? Rover took a double take, almost breaking headspace, as if to ask if Sam was actually serious. He gave an overdone sniff to the dish, and then gave an utterly bemused, Ruff. There, it's food, Sam asserted, standing back up. I'd trust him, wouldn't you? A long silence filled the room. All in favor that I order some pizza, Vincent suggested. Seven hands went up. Outvoted by all sides, including a dog and his own husband, Sam's burned turkey remained in the kitchen while Vincent pulled his gym shorts and jersey back on in order to get the door. Within the hour, a large amount of pizza boxes had been placed over the table, forming a communal dinner with everyone having a slice or two of everything on offer. The energy had calmed down now, a more playful, relaxed, and jovial feel to the room. People were becoming well-fed, the anxiety of skimpy wear and sex toys was becoming an accepted, somewhat comfy oddity. A few slices in, Angela arose from her seat and reached into one of her bags. I have brought some crackers, she announced. They're a few dozen years old, since I don't tend to end up pulling many, but I keep being given loads of them. Everyone was promptly handed a cracker, with Sam, Harvey, Jan, and Angela sharing four between them, Rover being perhaps not best place to try and pull one with just his teeth, and leaving Richie, Jack, and Vincent to work out the remaining three. Well, uh, we could. Couple studs can pull my cracker any day, Richie grinned. The two stood bemused. I don't know what that means either. Just pull these, the fox conceded, handing the end of a cracker to the crocodile and the other to the wolf. Late that evening, after the food was eaten, a sense of warmth radiated through the room. Everyone was a bit too full. The talk had faded to idle mutterings, and night had fallen. Sam's unsuccessful turkey sat in the center of the table, large knife buried in it in protest, and the pizza boxes lay strewn around the table itself. Rover had received many, many pets and was curled up warm at his mistress's feet. Jan and Angel were attempting to play the tiny game of Ludo from one of the crackers while Vincent and Jack had snuggled on Richie's lap, the fox gently petting the back of their heads as the two idly danced tongues. Each, now and then, lifting their head to guide the fox's tongue to join theirs. The house was strewn with bits of paper, pizza boxes, the smell of burned turkey, and a fair amount of discarded clothing. Sam and Harvey smiled at each other from opposite sides of the scene they put together. The mouse got up and crept past the tiny Ludo game and polyamorous love fest forming on the other seats, 
and stood beside a squirrel. As Christmases go, I think this is the best I've had, Harvey smiled. Thanks for making it happen. No, thank you, the mouse insisted. The squirrel chuckled. Unfortunately, I rather say we need to thank my family for this table. Without this, we'd be sat around watching Moonraker for the 117th time. Harvey nodded. I'd rather not thank them. I don't think they deserve it. The mouse leaned forth and placed a kiss on his squirrel's lips. This was A Very Fucking Christmas by Pascal Farfel, read for you by B.P. Rugger, the ineffable Moo Moon. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.